Released on Sunday, August the 7th. This Agile Life. Episode 116. It's called a comic book. Part 2. This episode of This Agile Life is brought to you by Agile Dev East, the premier industry conference for agile development professionals. To find out more, go to adceast.techwell.com. The software industry transforms more and more every day. Agile methods are quickly replacing traditional ones. The question is, are you agile enough? This podcast is devoted to agile and lean software development. Time to welcome your agile coaches on This Agile Life. Hello and welcome back to the discussion of the version 1 State of Agile survey from 2016. We take you back now to Amos King, Craig Buchek, and Lee McCulley as they continue to discuss the version 1 State of Agile survey. Okay, next one on the list at 38%, an open work area. Okay. I don't like the way this is worded. An open work area is not a good uh, thing. Open to your team is good. Open to the rest of the company is well, terrible. I, I don't know. I like it. <laughs> yes, I want to hear everyone's conversation in the entire company. I usually, That's I usually actually try to work at Bush Stadium <clears throat> during a Cardinals game. <laughs> That's my uh, idea of an open work area. It's, a, it's the best. So I, I, it's, it seems like someone missed the point here. Um, but anyway, having a, a team room where the team can just turn around, ask each other questions, easily pair with each other, definitely a good thing. But I, I think the intent here was we're not we're not all working in cubicles. But Craig, don't talk to me while I'm working. I'm heads down. I'm freaking focused. Headphones, Headphones on. Headphones on, heads down. I'm heads down programming. Look, I, I'm going to go out on a limb here. If you're a programmer... And and a go to saying for you is I'm heads down programming. I don't want to work with you. <laughs> You're probably not pairing. And 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 I'm not freaking kidding. I don't want to work with you. It's an excuse to lower your bus number, to not work as a team, and to not focus. I understand that sometimes you might need some time alone, and you might need to stretch your brain, or go for a walk, or take a deep breath. But every time someone has said, I'm heads down programming, it really was, you are not important enough for me to speak to at this point in time. You are not a team player if you are heads down programming all the time. So I was, I was looking at an article recently, and it was raving about their open work areas, and then everyone had headphones on. I'm like, <laughs> well, what was the point now again? <laughs> well, we talk on Slack. Uh why did you need the open work area if you all have your headphones on? Well, it was actually cheaper just to not build walls. Exactly. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> it's to save money. That's what most of the teams or management is worried about. Uh, on that. I don't know. So I thought for a long time that an open work area would drive me crazy. Uh, and I moved outside of the cubicle. And for the first year, sometimes it was really hard. But just like pairing... There's some learned behavior that goes in there. And there's also a willingness to turn around and say, hey, guys, your conversation is fantastic and it's getting too loud and doesn't pertain to the wider team. And you can talk to people and have open communication. So building trust is important to having an open work area to, to be able to say whatever needs to be said. But also sometimes when they get heated and they start yelling like that, maybe it's great that you have an open work area. And you could turn around and involve yourself in that conversation 
and make a better product because of it. And there's so many things. There's so many things that a team, uh, it's all about, it's all about behaviors, right? So the things that you want to encourage, like the, like switching pairs so that you don't have a single point of failure and, and one guy to, that knows one part and you're never, you're never getting any other information or that quick, uh, feedback. All that stuff happens. The behavior is, uh, is emphasized and encouraged in an open work environment where it's not encouraged in a cubicle. The the number one problem that I've seen on every team that I work with that is struggling is communication. And what are the ways that we help communication? Open work areas, pair programming, TDD. Retrospectives. Those are retrospectives. Yes, thank you. Oh, and stand-ups. Uh, and continuous deployment stand-ups like all of these things all of these practices that we have you know they say people over process that doesn't mean don't have any process these practices are based on communication and communicating better and when communication is the problem 90 percent of the time let's find better ways to communicate let's put on our training wheels and get some of these processes in place until it becomes natural and then we'll drop the process and and let the natural communication roll but we can't do that until we have a functioning team. Amos, I think you just found the replacement word for agile. Communication improving right. methodologies. <laughs> That's, That's a big word. That's not a replacement word. That's a replacement well, sentence. Well, methodology, we already say agile methodologies. So communication improving is really what we're talking about more than agile. Our agility is not as important. Our agility is not as important as our communication and feedback. Well, Agility is based on communication and feedback. You can't right. make those small changes intelligently without having great communication and feedback. Agility focuses on that feedback, but it doesn't focus as much on the communication as you were just talking about. Um, the other thing I will say about an open work area, especially if it's open to more than just your team, is the really the only way to focus for me because I can't put headphones on and listen to music while thinking. Uh, pair programming is the only thing that works for me to tune out the external outside noises. It, that's true. It helps me a lot. But I, I do want to say that, like earlier you mentioned about open work area for your team, like a team room versus a bigger open area where there's other teams working on possibly other products, not just multiple teams within the same product. But I find that to be useful because sometimes when I'm I'm talking about something, somebody let's let's say I'm doing um, let's say I'm doing some iOS development and I'm talking about uh, we need to access this API and I'm discussing that API and somebody else from another team goes walking by and they're a web team and they write a lot of APIs and they say, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. let's talk about that. And there's actually feedback that comes naturally just from people passing by and hearing your conversations. So. If you are in an open area, also don't get offended if somebody randomly butts into your conversation. It's probably <laughs> a good thing. Okay, next on the chart is Kanban, which is not clear because there's a separate item for task board. So That's exactly what I was going to ask, Craig. So is this work in progress, limiting work in progress, perhaps? <laughs> well, is it work in progress? It also could be Kanban is a lot based on priorities, too, right? Like the furthest thing to the right on your board. Or if you yeah. have things that are blocked, those take priority. Farthest blocked thing to the right. Then if there's nothing blocked, farthest thing to the right. 
Yeah. So I, I don't know. I, it's not clear to me. I'm not actually surprised. Um, that almost seems uh, high to and, me, and, actually, and, at 39%. Well, you, you also got to understand that uh, um, you have things like Jura that has a difference between a Kanban board and a Scrum board, which is the difference is Scrum board pisses you off every time you want to do something, <laughs> and Kanban board <laughs> kind of works. Uh huh. Um, at least in my opinion. Um, <laughs> Uh, have anything more to but, say about that? So, given its limited information, yeah, I'm not. I'm not surprised the percentage. Um, nor am I like, oh my gosh, don't do it. I I do think some of the priorities that are based on Kanban are good, and I'd like to see the percentage go up. But I, it doesn't make me like depressed that it's at thirty nine percent. So how many of the people that said they were doing Kanban also said they had a task board? Because if you add those two together, I mean, we're getting like 99% here. So I don't think these are mutually exclusive. Well, I think everyone that's doing Kanban is using a task board. I, yeah, exactly. I, I'm, I, I'm just wondering whether you think that they would actually think of it as, as two different things. Oh, well, we've got, we're using Kanban rather than... I yeah, don't know. To, to be clear, I, I'm not really clear on what a task board is other than to me, a task board might be here's a list of people and here's what they're currently working on. So a task board would be something that you hang up so that somebody can walk by. But I, I, but I don't really know because once you start putting multiple columns and steps to the process, I feel like you're getting to Kanban. You may not be doing great at following whip limits or pulling from the right only, but you still are, you're moving Kanban toward that way. So I don't really know what a task board is. It's hard for me to fight that. All right. Uh, let's move on to coding standards. It's 44%. Um, I'm not sure what to say about coding standards. I think that's a fairly respectable number. Um, tabs or spaces, Craig. Tabs or spaces. Uh, so the one thing I would say is, once you've made a decision on what your coding standards are, automate it. Don't don't worry about it in code reviews. Have some automated tool. Um, I'm a Rubyist so primarily, so RuboCop is the thing we use there um, for JavaScript. Hound, Hound is also another one. Uh, JavaScript. Lint.js. ES, ES Lint is the one to use now. Uh, it's because JS Hint is actually, uh, I think, deprecated, or JSCS is deprecated at least. Um, and ES Lint is the uh, one that's pretty much taking over there. Um, also, you can do it on your commits. You can have uh, things integrated with GitHub that will check your coding standards, um, so you don't even have to argue about it. You just, if it doesn't pass, you just resubmit your pull requests and fix it. So my guess is that the people who don't have coding standards um, are either pair programming so much. That's just a natural thing. They actually have them and don't know it. All 25%? Or, or they're not pair programming and and not doing code reviews either. I think they just don't care. Actually, I think they just, actually, they just make a big mess. Actually, I don't see code reviews on the list. Well, I, I, I don't know if it's make a big mess. I, I've been with a lot of teams that um, you have people bringing up that well, this is the way that I like to do it, and this is the way that I like to do it, and nobody has has such an opinion that they're like, no, damn it, we need to figure out a way that we all do it. They're like, uh, it's but, a coin. But you, also, 
Remember that, uh, that the, a lot of people are not doing pair programming and they don't have collective code ownership. So there's no point. If I'm in my little, my little piece of the code and I'm the only one that ever goes in there, it doesn't matter what the standards and, are for everybody else. I don't have to. And if I'm no longer at the company, I don't give a shit about the next guy, right? <laughs> exactly. Um, because, because coding standards are again all about communication and the ability code is written once. Right. It's changed, but it's really written once and read a whole lot more than it's written. Hopefully, I hope you're not changing your code so often that it's just always being written and never read. But because it's it's read more than it's written, a consistency across your code base is a really good thing for communicating intentions and understanding. And if every single file that I open up or even every single method that I look at is written in a completely different style, it can be really, really hard to follow. Now, I'm, I'm not saying that it's worth a knockdown drag out over a, a, whether I have a trailing comma in my arrays, right? Some languages support that, so that's just what I picked. But it, it is worth a discussion of what does this communicate and is there a way that we could communicate better? I, I actually don't like coding standards. I would prefer a communication guide versus a style guide is because what is our intention with every choice in our code? All right. We are starting to run out of time. Um, no, we're not. I we still have half of a list here. I, I only want to get, so I have, once we get up to 50%, once we get up to the 50% mark, everything above that mark to me, uh, I'm going to categorize and I, I'm, I don't want to, I don't want to, uh, say it now, but I think we can, once we get up to 50%, we're done. You think we'll fly through those after that point? Is that what you're telling me? No, I, I, th I think I can describe the whole rest of the, of the top section that over 50% of the respondents say they're doing uh, very quickly and we're going to be done with this. This is why I love Lee. Uh, it's, it's <laughs> Riddle either. name quick and to the point. Uh, <laughs> it, uh, is, is the word scrum? Is that is everything about 50% scrum? <laughs> oh no, just, is, just wait. Uh, we'll uh, get there. Uh, well, we're, You, we're you mean iterative thing. waterfall? I'm, I'm sorry, scrum. Uh. <laughs> So single team integrated dev and testing, forty five percent. Wait, wait, wait. Integrated dev. So I assume that means that your QAs are embedded in your team. Yeah. That's the way I would do that. I kinda like throwing it over the wall and not thinking about it ever again. Except for when they send it back and then I tell them they're wrong. Because they're QA, they don't know anything. It's really hard to do T D D when your tester is on a different team. They throw it over the wall. I'm you throw it back over the wall. Uh, actually, I'm actually happy that this number is as high as it is. Yeah. Even when the team is embedded, I've seen a lot of throw it over the wall and back over the wall. That's true. Your, yep. your goal should be... Uh, I, I hate to say this because I don't want QA to feel worthless. Like I want them to find problems once in a while. Otherwise, they kind of are worthless. But your goal if you're if you're a developer should be QA never sends a thing back. Mm. If QA sends something back, you didn't do your job beforehand. And code review did not do their job beforehand. A so, Amos and I have worked with some very good testers too. 
we've we've usually been happy with our testers. I I think the testers should be so freaking bored with their job that they're finding other things to make the team better because they're not finding problems in the code. We we we've seen that actually, um, and exploratory testing, not just testing the same thing I'm, they tested yesterday. Craig, just as you were saying that, I am now taking all the credit. We wrote such good code that our <laughs> QA had to find <laughs> other stuff to do. <laughs> Perhaps. Yeah. Uh, I'm probably full right. of shit. Because <laughs> the right, QA the next one up that is 49%. Hey, I, and da, just da, in case da, she da, listens. Da, da. No, just in case she listens, I'm going to give a shout out to Lori. Because you were the most amazing QA I've ever worked with in my life. Lori Cross, if anybody's hired her, hire her again. <laughs> double her double her salary. She's amazing. All right. Dedicated product owner, 49%. I, I, the dedicated part is the thing that I, I wish that uh, more companies would actually understand that dedicated word. Because I end up with product owners that... Uh, they are doing maybe 25% of their job is to be product owner of whatever we're doing. And that's just doesn't cut you it. You get about 10% of their time a week. E- even, yeah. even the words product owner are a little broken because I've noticed in a lot of companies that product owner really means dev manager. And they're not uh, the same thing. Or product owner means QA. I've actually been places where like, well, oh, they're QA, they're product owner. And I'm like, yeah, no. Um, kinda, mm, a little, mm, they have some overlap, but we all should have some overlap. So no, <laughs> but, but it doesn't, it doesn't surprise me that, that especially, uh, I would guess at a dev level, we feel more that there isn't a dedicated product owner than you do at a CEO level. All right. I guess we'll move on. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> tweet, tweet, tweet. I mean, cricket, cricket. <laughs> tweet, tweet. Uh, continuous integration at fifty percent. I, I think that seems really low. I wonder if they, <laughs> people just don't know what continuous integration means, or people don't integrate till till a weekend. <laughs> we have co- co- so there's continuous integration. Some people say continuous integration is a build server, right? That is. Running yeah, tests. Start. So, so no. Well, those people aren't really continuous integrating because TDD is down to thirty three percent and BDD is down that low. So, continuous integration is at fifty percent. It's higher. Other people see continuous integration is every commit goes to the same branch. <laughs> it's always continuously integrated because the only branch we have is master. And I'm not lying. Those are that's the arguments I've had. I've seen people starting to say that you should do that like in a good way, though, not in a bad way. Like, you should not have a branch that lasts more than a day. That I can understand as as continuous. That is continuous integration. To me, you should always be pulling master into any branch that you have that's outside of it. Right, right. And you should get that branch back into master as soon as possible. That is part of continuous integration. Right. I think that if you only have a master branch and you're constantly committing to it, we really need to talk Uh, about the wider picture of what is being solved with continuous integration. And again, a CI server, I think, is where continuous integration gets mixed up because the CI server's idea is that 
it is running tests or you're deploying it, whatever, at, at least every time something gets merged in, right? To the yeah. main branch. To be fair, but, it can, uh, it, you can't really get a tool to automate continuous integration for you. Uh, you can test that your continuous integrations are working or not. It's, it's all it can do. Right. So I, I think that that is a very overloaded term. Sometimes continuous integration means I'm running tests every time I commit. And sometimes it means that we're keeping branches together. And so it's hard for me to fight either of those. You should be doing both. You should be running tests all the time. And you should be getting your branches back into master as soon as possible. And if you have long running branches, merge master in like three times a day. Daily, yeah. This agilelife.com. Before we go on, let me tell you about our sponsor. Agile Dev East is the premier industry event covering the latest techniques and topics in the Agile universe. Learn both foundational knowledge and new methodologies to develop skills, supercharge knowledge, and re-energize your career growth. This year's event will take place November 13th through the 18th in Orlando, Florida. As an added bonus, the event is co-located with Better Software and DevOps East conferences. Your one registration automatically gives you access to all three programs. This means you can choose from over 100 learning and networking opportunities to build a customized week of learning that fits you and your organization's specific needs. Explore the program at adceast.techwell.com. Also, don't miss the Agile Leadership Summit at the end of the conference. The summit is a full day of in-depth discussion about increasing leadership mastery with the opportunity to learn new ways to challenge your personal leadership growth and to lead in your organizational challenges. This Agile Life listeners receive an exclusive discount of up to $600 off with code Agile Life when they register by the September 16th Super Early Bird deadline at adceast.techwell.com. This agilelife.com. All right, Lee, we're up past 50%. Okay. So there are two items above this unit testing and retrospectives that we can pull out and say these are things. Okay, unit testing, the very fact you're not doing TDD. At least you're doing some unit testing. It's a technical t- technical thing. The other one, retrospectives. Of course, you're doing retrospectives, but are you really doing useful retrospectives? That's a different issue. Everything else on this list is basically what anybody doing waterfall would be comfortable with <laughs> and are probably still doing at a company. Um, and, okay, Craig – or. Uh, uh, Amos kind of said it earlier, iterative waterfall. Um, so the items above the, above the 50% mark, uh, iteration reviews, task board, team-based estimation, release planning, iteration planning, short iterations, prioritized backlogs, daily stand-ups. This is all stuff that people will latch on to because the business says, oh, we know how to do this because this is the stuff we've been doing just in a in a waterfall way all this time. So we're going to keep doing it this way and call ourselves Agile. Hey, if I put out a Gantt chart, does that count as a task board? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> no, I don't know. So, so I, I agree with you, Lee. I would still like to run through these quickly and look at the percentages 
but I do agree with you that most of okay. this is like, well, we were doing this before we were agile. <laughs> uh, so iteration reviews. Uh, so you're doing Scrum. I, I would say that you're not doing Kanban, at least not to its its fullness. Um, l- let's move past that. Let's just get some continuous flow going and get shit off the board. So I really don't care about the percentage of iteration reviews, 54%. I think by the time you're reviewing at the end of the iteration, you should have already reviewed at the individual story level and you've missed the boat. Move on. It sounds like everybody either agrees or doesn't want to argue with me. <laughs> I, I thought it was it was well put. Oh, all right, moving on. <laughs> uh, ta- task ta- board, task board. What? We talked about. Yeah, it. what the hell is that? Uh, Team based estimation. Uh, you're estimating. Move on. Um, <laughs> everything is a one. You gather. You Make gather. Story in the room smaller. And, yeah. Amos, yeah. why are you? Uh, why are you talking? Right. You're not actually conveying any information here. <laughs> I know. I don't know. 59% team-based estimation. I'm actually... I, that feels high to me. Like, let's bring it down. Let, let's eliminate let's, estimation. Oh. Uh, let's, uh, let's start moving towards uh, making consistent-sized stories or small stories, and let's have story-shrinking sessions instead of team estimation sessions. That's, that's my goal there. So that's actually the one thing on this list so far, other than task board, that I want to shrink. Because I don't even know what the hell task board is, so. <laughs> Unit testing, 63%. You want me to fly through these? Um, sure. Yeah, well, I'd, I'd 40% like, I'd like you, you to convey wrong. some useful information. Yeah, yeah. How about how about how about, how about we just provide the URL to the to the thing? <laughs> That's Which, true. Well, help me out with some useful information. It's not just my podcast. <laughs> well, I, I think we've 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 done this to death already. Release planning sixty three percent. Interesting. Everybody who unit tests release plans. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> nothing. Iteration planning sixty nine. Again, Lee, you're freaking brilliant. We should have moved on. Retrospective, seventy-four <laughs> percent. I'm actually really sad about this. Yeah, what are the Craig, other twenty-six percent doing? Are they what? How do they? How do they even consider they, themselves agile? They they don't talk about improvement. Yeah, like, but but they're doing they're doing Scrum without the retrospectives or something. Well, what, is what? retrospective required for Scrum, or is it just estimating and? Telling everybody no after you've committed to what you're doing this week. Scrum has retrospectives. As a required? Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know it was required. I thought it was just like a, hey, and you might want to do this. Wait, or is that the one where you show your product? So retrospectives also is an overloaded term. Because I've worked with teams where retrospective meant that I demo the product. (laughs) <laughs> it's okay. I've never, never actually run into a team that uh, didn't know that retrospectives were at least a look back on what we did. But I but, can but, see where somebody. But what we did is a might, demo of the product to the customer. They call that a retrospective. That's the look back on what you did. Yes, <laughs> it was not a okay. how can we do better. What what did we do? What can we do better? Look, it wasn't. It wasn't 
us trying to understand anything. It was because if you look up the the definition outside of programming of retrospective, I'm probably going to get this totally wrong because I'm not going to look it up right now. But if you look like a retrospective of an artist <clears throat> would be like everything that the artist had produced, you would look at it. But it's not necessarily I'm looking at it with this. Uh, how is this artist going to get better? Right. It's just I'm looking at the work that the artist has done. All right, here's, okay. here's what, short iterations. Here's what, hang on, here's Go what ahead. Scrum has to say about retrospectives. The sprint retrospective is an opportunity for the Scrum team to inspect itself and create a plan for improvements to be enacted during the next sprint. Occurs after the sprint review prior to the next sprint planning. Three-hour time box meeting for one-month sprints, or shorter for shorter sprints. I also don't like time boxing them necessarily. Three hours is pretty long, but if your yeah, team yeah. is like having a knockdown drag out about something, you probably need to freaking talk about it, even if you're past your three hours. <laughs> uh, short iterations at 79%. Uh, I'm uh, a little interested in the term short. What do they mean? How short is short? So, so we can say unquantified moving on. Sure. <laughs> uh, you're not doing continuous deployment. That would, that's what I would say. Short iterations. At least they didn't call them sprints. <laughs> Prioritized <laughs> backlog. Uh, hey, uh, okay. people know what they're working 82, on. That's good. At least, at yeah. least 82% of them have it prioritized. But I mean, really. Uh, prioritize is helpful in grabbing what you're going to work on next if you're doing Kanban, but but does it so, matter a whole lot? So are they ranked, or are they just all prioritized as number one priority? <laughs> that that would <laughs> be my another favorite. problem. They're all top priorities. And, and if you are out there prioritizing your backlog, uh, or you're not, five-wise, everything that comes into your backlog, you should go through the five-wise. And that that is what should determine where it goes in priority level. And last on the list, daily stand-ups. 83% of the people are doing stand-ups. My guess is, though, if your stand-ups are lasting more than 15 minutes on a regular basis, you're not doing a stand-up. You're doing a meeting. Right. right. And I bet some of those stand-ups are. So let's say 70%. Oh, probably more like 40%. Shh. <laughs> I'm hope- I love your optimism. I'm yeah. hoping everybody Famous. else's experiences are better than ours. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, so, so stand-ups, what do you communicate as stand-up? You report your stand- blockers. You report your status to the manager. No. No? That's not what? Uh, oh, really? Hmm. Perfect. End of podcast. Mic drop. Move on. <laughs> Craig is absolutely 100% correct. Which is way better than eighty eighty-three percent doing uh, stuff. You're communicating uh, with no. the team. Oh, the sarcasm is just amazing. Communication, it turns out, is the point. With so the entire team. Like I I had uh an omelet for breakfast. Should I talk about that at stand up? Um can go with no. No? What about if I skipped breakfast? Should I let everybody know? I'm going to be irritable today. I skipped breakfast. Screw Amos, you guys. That Amos, might be useful. Amos, you are irritable today. <laughs> I, I, have known, I have known a guy that comes in and said, uh, guys, I didn't take my medication this morning. 
you're going to have to help me keep me focused. <laughs> and that was useful information. Uh, I could probably name this guy, but I won't do it on air. Uh, yeah, please don't. <laughs> did I'm wondering I work which him? one. Yes, you did. Anyway, okay, so I think <laughs> we, we now have gone through the entire... One. <laughs> the entire list. Uh, wait, wait. We didn't really say what stand-up should be. We said what it shouldn't be. You're right. That uh, should be... So what do you think? What should it be, Amos? Uh, I I think that stand-up is a great way for you to get together and say, here are the problems that we had yesterday. How are we going to overcome them today? It's like a really short retrospective to me. And, and another great thing at stand-up is to figure out who you're going to start pairing with for the day. If you're doing your stand-up at, at like, 2 o'clock in the afternoon, unless your whole team is showing up, then you've missed the boat, which I have been on teams that, like, stand-up is scheduled for 2 p.m. And I'm like, what? what? And really all it was is that's when the manager need, could be there, so let's give him a status report. <laughs> um, yeah, the status report is a bad way to run your stand-up. Um, you want to communicate to your team uh, what you're working on, so if someone has briefly, as briefly as possible, so if someone has some input, they can give it. Uh, any issues you're having, so someone else can give input on that. Um, that's about it. You should focus on things that have been on the board for too long in their current spot. If they're, if they are, uh, if you got blockers or uh, things that that should be moving across. That's what you should be talking about. If if you have stuff Is that's been someplace? in one place for too long on your board, I'm going to ask you why you're not pairing and pair switching. Because yep. because and that stops happening. <laughs> so uh, so for example, just today we had uh, uh, our whip limit on our ready for QA was was exceeded. So we talked about that at standup. Why is is there something we can do to uh, to help that? Hey, let's pull a couple more people over to to help uh, break out that jam. That's a fantastic standup thing. Let's focus on our current problem and and get it moved. And we should do a podcast sometime on when you can when is it okay to break a whip limit? This week's hottest picks. Lee, what's your pick this week? My pick is a uh, a blog that is cleverly titled by David Walsh, David Walsh blog. Uh, <laughs> he's got some really good uh, JavaScript tips and tricks, and I've found it useful over the last week or so uh, doing some some JavaScript. All right, Amos, what are your picks this week? Uh, so because of Joe a long time ago, I am now required to do uh, an adult beverage pick every week. So uh, Nima Newton is a beer brewed in Piedmont, uh, Italy, and it's brewed with a Belgian yeast. It's an amber ale. It's really good. It's a little bit fruity um, and, and spicy. I really have enjoyed it tonight. And then uh, my second pick is actually something that Craig passed along to me. Uh, it's called A Simple Model of Agile Software Process by Glenn Vandenberg. It's a, it's like a white paper. And and especially look at figure six in there because we've, we've kind of talked about this quite a few times tonight. Figure six is uh, practices, agile practices versus the feedback time cycle. So short releases, feedback time cycles, months, uh, our planning game is weeks, but, but pair 
programming, the feedback is seconds. Unit testing is even minutes. So maybe you should start thinking about pair programming. It's a beautiful figure and and a great uh, white paper. You should, everybody should read. All right. Uh, my picks are my first pick is Confident Ruby by Avdi Grimm. Uh, it's available from Pragmatic Programmers. It's about r- how to write methods in Ruby that are readable, understandable, easily changed. Uh, although it's written in Ruby, I think it would be applicable to other languages pretty well. And my second pick is the Pony programming language. Uh, it is object-oriented, uh, but also uses the actor model and capabilities. I've looked at it a little bit, and it looks really interesting because of those last two bits with actor models and uh, capabilities, which I don't even quite understand yet. So new things I'm learning there. Hey, everybody, it's John. I've got to stop and interrupt here for a second. I've got some really great news. We have a new T-shirt, a new People Work Here T-shirt. A lot of people have been asking for it, and it's finally available. So if you would like to get a People Work Here T-shirt so that you can remind everybody at work that we are not resources and that we are people, and that people work here, as well as supporting This Agile Life, the podcast, you can get our t-shirt. Go out and get it today at booster.com slash people work here. All right, we'll talk to you soon. Keep living This Agile Life. This Agile Life is brought to you by a community of agile developers and coaches aspiring to spread the word about this groundbreaking approach to software development. Join us at thisagilelife.com forward slash community.